the past 10 weeks, we have been immersed in opening our hearts to the Jesus Creed, which is love God with everything, heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love him that way. And then love others or love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's the Jesus Creed. Loving God and loving other people. This Jesus Creed emphasizes, emphasizes loving God by following Jesus. And I want to repeat that. The Jesus Creed emphasizes loving God by following Jesus. It's interesting because following or followership is not something we talk about that much. Following or followership, these are words we use in the religious world here and there, but largely they are pushed to the back. Now leading, well that's a different story. Being out in front and challenging people and creating and motivating and inspiring others and casting vision, that gets a lot of press. But following, not so much. Think about it. We don't generally sit around with people and discuss or share. Here's who I am following. And I am being shaped with my thinking and with my behavior by them. Nobody really talks about that. If you were to do a Google Scholar search on the word leadership, which I did, you would discover that there is just an endless supply of material. As a matter of fact, in 0.06 seconds, I found 4,800,000 results. Scholarly articles and books and so on and so forth. You wouldn't even have time to work your way through that kind of content. If you were to do a Google Scholar search for the word followership, well, the results are dramatically different. And I did that search, and in 0.04 seconds, I found 27,300 results. There's a big difference there. And while there is some literature dedicated to the followership theory, it would seem, and this is just a casual observation, that following or followership is just not that interesting, especially when you define following as surrender or giving up or selflessness. That's just not that much fun. I remember singing a song in church when I was a boy called I Surrender All. Some of you may remember that particular hymn and its words, which are striking. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. All to Jesus, I surrender. Humbly at his feet, I bow, worldly pleasures all forsaken. Take me, Jesus, take me now. I surrender all. 
was the refrain. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. I remember that being a song with a soulful melody that always got me because these words are deeply challenging. And we've even sung about that a little bit today, surrendering all. But think about that, surrendering all? Surrendering all. That's actually our big idea for today. It's just two words, surrender all. I want us to think about it because as a boy, that seemed like a great idea. Yeah, we should surrender all. Jesus has done so much for us. It makes sense that we would give our all to him. But as we age, we often become jaded with the reality of life. And who actually does this, right? Who surrenders all? our rugged individualism in the West and the challenge that is continually pushed on us to find yourself by being yourself belies a surrender all approach. The two just don't match. Surrender all, but all of this rugged individualism that we are encouraged to pursue, which Much of that is good, but it doesn't seem to match when you think about surrendering all, all to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all, do I? So what should we do when we come into conflict with ideas and concepts and even ways that we may be living? Well, as we have throughout this theme, I believe our best option when considering behavior is to go back to the person of Jesus. We pattern our lives after him. We open our hearts to being obedient to him. So let's go back to the behavior of Jesus. What did he say and what did he do? It's interesting because even Jesus had a followership mentality. And we don't often think about that because Jesus is out in front and there's great crowds around him and he came for a purpose to live and die and then rise again. But I want you just to listen to a few passages that talk about the self-sacrificing of Jesus and how he was willing to surrender. So just listen to these passages. Here's Mark chapter 14. Verse 36, Abba, Father, he, Jesus, cried out, everything is possible for you. So please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. This is just a great verse where Jesus is in the garden. He is about to be killed and he senses the weight of what is coming and in his prayer time he cries out to his father if it's possible if this cup could pass from me but not my will here's Jesus being selfless not my will but thine be done I want you to look at John chapter 6 John's gospel Chapter 6, we find Jesus speaking again, and here's what he says. 
in verse 38, for I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me not to do my own will. Again, the selflessness of Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I just want you to hear this. Verse 28, here's the Apostle Paul, and he says, then when all things are under his authority, the Son will put himself under God's authority so that God, who gave his Son authority over all things, will be utterly supreme over everything, everywhere. And then one final passage for us to consider as we think about Jesus and his selflessness is a key passage. It's Philippians chapter 2. This is a dynamic Christological passage that talks about the kenosis, which is a theological phrase to describe the self-emptying of Jesus and what he gave up for all of us. And again, we see sacrifice in here and selflessness. Here's Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And this is an encouragement for followers now. You have this kind of attitude. Though he was God, and we can't forget that, Jesus was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. These passages, and there are others, don't sound like someone coming for a power grab. Right? Like, let me have something. Or let me be out in front. Let me be leading the way. And Jesus was out in front and moving toward his mission of saving the world as Jesus is God, yet surrender marked him. Selflessness marked him. And as apprentices of Jesus, as people who believe in him, if that's where you find yourself today, then we have to wrestle with this a little bit because Jesus then said something recorded in Mark's gospel that I think we have to pay attention to when it comes to following Jesus and surrendering ourselves, and I would posit even surrendering all to Jesus. So those are some of the passages that talk about Jesus and his selflessness. I want us to consider what Jesus encouraged all of those who believe in him to do in terms of following him. We can't dismiss this. Here at Valley Point, we take the word of God seriously. We open it up and allow it to shape our hearts and our minds. So with your copy of the word of God or with your device, I would invite you to join me in Mark's Gospel chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, we're going to spend the rest of our time here and look at just one verse. Mark chapter 8, verse 34, this is Jesus, he's with a crowd, 
And it says here, then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he, Jesus said, if any of you wants to be my follower, key word here, if any of you, and the crowd would have known Jesus was talking to them, if you want to be my follower, well, here's the deal. You must give up your own way, take up your cross, and there's another key word that comes from the same root Greek word as follower, and follow me. Now, I don't think we can just read that and dismiss it as not important or it's a great idea. Jesus said this a long time ago, so maybe we should consider this. I think we have to really wrestle with the message here. Jesus, as one who is willing to be selfless, now calls us. If any of you wants to follow me, well, here's what you must do. You must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Will you read this verse with me together? Then, calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my followers, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. From Mark chapter 8, verse 34, and these dynamic words of Jesus that he gave to a crowd listening to him, and he is still giving to all of us here today, I want to share three thinking points. So let's just wrestle with following Jesus. Denying self, taking up our cross, and following him. What does that actually look like? Well, here's thinking point number one. Following Jesus means giving up your own way. It means we grow comfortable denying ourselves for the sake of Jesus and for the sake of others, which sounds a lot like the Jesus Creed. Following Jesus means giving up our own way and getting more and more comfortable with saying no to me and yes to Jesus and yes to others. Now, I want to be careful when talking about self-denial to actually describe what it's not talking about, and so let's do that. We're not talking about denying our own personalities. God created each and every one of us in his image. This isn't, it's not about denying who we are and our personalities, nor is it embracing or returning to ancient asceticism, which is the idea of abstaining from everything pleasurable in life. That's not what we're talking about here, and that's not what Jesus was addressing when he said, if you want to be my follower, give up your own way. So it's not a denial of who we are as individuals, and it's not denying some of the great things that we can enjoy in life. Here's what I believe Jesus was addressing. Deny yourself in terms of not making you as an individual the object of your worship. Deny that. Which, let's all be honest with ourselves, that's a hard thing to do because we continually kind of lift ourselves up and worship who we are. Whether we say it that way or not, it happens and it's demonstrated in our choices. 
I do it all of the time. And if you are like me, maybe you find yourself doing the same thing. And so the call here from Jesus as he looked out at that crowd is you deny yourself. You don't have to give up your personality. You don't have to abstain from pleasures in life. But think about growing comfortable with not making yourself the object of worship. Instead, make it Jesus and everything that he's done for us. And this is how we live out the Jesus creed of loving God and loving other people. So thinking point number one, following Jesus means giving up our own way. It's about not worshiping ourselves. Thinking point number two, the cross was an instrument of violent and painful execution. I'm sure you picked up on this when we read the verse, if you want to be my follower, give up your own way and take up your cross. So Jesus is metaphorically speaking here. He's using figurative language in terms of you take up your cross. And I believe this would have made a lot of sense to the Jewish crowd listening to Jesus. Cross-bearing as a metaphor was appropriate in Roman-occupied Palestine because they would have remembered probably as they heard Jesus talk about taking up your cross. Keep in mind, they hadn't seen Jesus do this yet. But they probably observed that in other criminals who they would have known had to carry a cross to the place of their execution. And taking up the cross was a way of showing submission or obedience to the government or to the authority. And so as Jesus talks about taking up your cross, I think it made sense to this crowd. Yeah, that's what happens with these criminals who are condemned to die. They have to show submission and obedience this way. So to take up the cross, which is what Jesus says here, is a way of saying yes to God's will and God's way and surrendering all to him. And Jesus calls us to that kind of life. Like, take up your cross, deny self, and say yes to God's will and God's way for you. And in doing this, we are demonstrating our obedience and our love for God. But we can't forget that the cross was an instrument of violent and painful execution. And Jesus used that as an illustration here and calls people to Obey God. Say yes to God this way. Thinking point number three. The word follower and follow come from a Greek word that means to go or to come behind, to accompany and to be a disciple. So when you put all of this together, I think the picture is very clear. Following Jesus means giving up our own way and arranging every aspect of our lives. And every is every. All is all. Arranging all aspects of our lives around loving God and loving other people. I believe Jesus, in a really powerful way, back in this time frame, when he addressed the crowd and Mark captured all of this for us, and even today as we open up the living word of God and allow it to shape us, is calling us to surrender all this way. To deny self. To take up our cross. 
and to follow, to go, or to come behind, to accompany, to be a disciple. Jesus wants this from us. He's calling us to surrender. So I think the question becomes how? Because this is a really difficult thing to grasp, and it's a very difficult thing to do, especially with the pressure of the world around us. So how do we deny ourselves? How do we take up our crosses? And how do we follow to go behind or to accompany Jesus as a disciple? Well, I love what author and scholar Dallas Willard says. He describes it this way. We can, through faith and grace, become like Christ by practicing the types of activities he engaged in. And get this next line here. By arranging our whole lives around the activities he himself practices in order to remain constantly at home in the fellowship of his father. I love this phrase. We arrange our whole lives around the activities that he himself practices. Again, we get the picture here of Jesus being selfless and surrendering. And now he calls us to do the same thing. The same thing. But how? Well, let's keep thinking about how because this is so essential. Surrendering to Jesus. How? Following Jesus. How? Giving up our own way. How? Finding yourself by discovering truth outside yourself in Jesus. Sounds great, but how? Well, in the Jesus Creed, author Scott McKnight rolls out two hows for us that I want to use now as our response time. So here's how we can do this. I'll share two steps and then give some practical insights underneath each one. Scott McKnight talks about surrendering mentally and surrendering physically. If we want to deny self, take up our cross, and follow Jesus as a disciple. It involves surrendering mentally and surrendering physically. Let's begin with surrender mentally. It's interesting because scripture talks quite a bit about surrendering our minds and giving that to God. Let me share just two passages that address this and share some unique words that come from these passages. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. We already read this verse, but let me come back to it in a different version that says it this way. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So in him, we can have this kind of mind. But that's the challenge here. Have this mind among yourselves. The word mind in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, comes from the Greek word phroneo, which means have this understanding, or think this way, or adopt this. Okay? So have this understanding, have this kind of thinking. Adopt this among yourselves. That's the challenge in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, and the use of that word mind. How about Romans chapter 12, verse 1? It states, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed or changed or renewed in your mind. Be transformed that way. 
The word mind in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, comes from the Greek word nous, which means understanding or reasoning or your comprehension. Okay, so do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, your understanding, your reason, and your comprehension. There is a consistent challenge in Scripture to surrender our minds. That's hard for us because we like to hang on to our thinking, like this is ours and it's mine. And maybe I've achieved something that gives me a certain pattern of thinking and we don't like the idea of sacrificing that, but yet following Jesus calls for us to surrender our thinking and adopting a new way. And I think here's what it looks like, just some practical thoughts. Number one, surrendering our minds looks like immersing ourselves in scripture because this is the path to discovering wisdom. I talked about this last week. It is just so critical if we are a disciple of Jesus that we spend a little bit of time in scripture and immersing our minds in the wisdom that is found here. And you are doing that this morning. If you're watching online, you are doing that. And this is a beautiful thing. We're gaining wisdom from what God says. And I hope you carry this with you throughout the week. But I also want to be careful to point out that if this is the only time that you allow the word of God to shape you, and if there's an absence of immersing your mind in scripture and gaining wisdom that way from Monday through Saturday, it's not a good thing. It's not good at all. So if we want to surrender mentally, that means we have to submit ourselves to the wisdom that we find in scripture and immerse our minds in that. It's so needed. Here's what else it looks like. Number two, surrendering our minds looks like engagement with an ecclesial community, which basically means a church, ecclesiology, the theology of the church. And again, you are doing that today, and I want to congratulate you on a very wise choice. If we're going to surrender our minds, we have to engage with the body of Christ and get next to other believers who can hold us up and address our wrongs and challenge us and also encourage us to laugh with us and cry with us and everything in between. Attachment and engagement with the body is really essential if we're going to surrender our minds. And then here's another way, this is just from me. It may look like this for you, it may not, I'm not sure. Number three, surrendering our minds may look like, again, just a thought, it may look like resting from social media a little bit. Maybe. I don't know, you can wrestle with that on your own. There's a lot of poop on social media. Right? Like, we're like flies, we're drawn to it sometimes. And I think we've got to give up on that and perhaps surrender our minds by immersing it in a different type of book that challenges us to look up to God and surrender everything to him. And we're not going to find that on social media. So let's make appropriate choices there, okay? Surrendering mentally. I think it looks a little bit like that. Here's step number two, surrender physically. And how do we do that? Well, number one, cultivate the inner life. 
If we want to surrender physically, there's something about cultivating what comes into our hearts and into our minds that we have to address in order for this to work. Cultivation of the interior is the path to transformation of the exterior. So I have to ask, what are you putting on the inside of your life? What are you feeding your mind with? What is coming on the inside that eventually will come out on the exterior? And often that happens when there is pressure in life and we're stepped on in some way. What's on the inside will come out. This is why it's so valuable to keep going back to this, immersing our minds in scripture so that when we are stepped on, what comes out is something that benefits everyone around us. Where we live, work, and play, and there they see the light and the life of Christ. So cultivating the inner life means a cultivation of the interior and watching what comes on the inside of us. And then I would just add this. Number two, we may need to eliminate hurry for the purpose of rest, physical rest, and spiritual rest. And I would say this is a really good time to address this as you can feel the pressure and the anxiety of things kind of returning to normal and there's school and stuff's happening and you can feel all of that around us and these are all wonderful things where we add to our schedules constantly but it might be really good just to say no to something that's helpful and something that's okay so that we can embrace physical rest and spiritual rest and open our lives and our hearts to sitting in the presence of Jesus, time in his word, time with an ecclesial community, time with people who can encourage and help, and saying yes to those kinds of things instead of just adding all of the other stuff that takes us away from the very presence of God. So I think that's another way, possibly, that we can surrender physically. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Jesus said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. The path to doing that is surrendering mentally, what happens up here, and surrendering physically. May God give us all the courage and the passion and the strength to take a pretty challenging verse and not just dismiss it as some great words of Jesus, but to say, okay, what do I need to address in my life today so that tomorrow and throughout this week and throughout the month, I am living out the Jesus creed of loving God and loving others and surrendering mentally and surrendering physically. Back to the big idea. I surrender all. Surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Father, these words here from Jesus so many years ago are riveting. I think they're problematic for us sometimes. And my confession to you is I often fail 
in living out these direct words from Jesus to his followers. I think too much of myself, chase my own interests and desires. And God, this is challenging because you do call us to move away from that, to deny the worship of ourselves, to take up our crosses and say yes to God's will and God's way, even if it's really hard. And even if there's pain, and to follow, to follow as a disciple, as an apprentice. So God, help me to act this way, and I pray the same for everyone in this room. May we be called up and encouraged through the very words of Jesus himself to live the way that you want for us, knowing that it also helps us to live out the Jesus creed of loving you and loving others. I'd like for you just to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. What is God whispering into your heart right now about something you need to do or add or even take away from your life? Don't dismiss that. Just offer that up and acknowledge that to him right now. Let there be tension with some of that. Talk to him. Maybe you're here or watching and you're not so sure about Jesus. Maybe you've never trusted in him or embraced the leadership and the forgiveness that he offers. Then I would just encourage you in this moment, look to his example. Look to what he said and what he did. Jesus was selfless. Just think through that and what he offers for you. Father, we thank you for this time. We've been singing about surrender. We've talked about it. It's a really hard thing. So God, help us now to just step out of here with boldness to say, here's what I hope to do to live in such a way that I'm saying no to myself, not my personality but no to worshiping myself. And I'm going to take up my cross and say yes to God's will and God's way. Every time that's presented throughout the week, I'll say yes to that and I'll follow. I'll follow. Help us to live this way now. I do pray 